Good morning and welcome everyone back to the podcast, Manny Talk Shooting. It's a show where I myself go and talk to all my friends over the shooting industry. And today I am very honored and appreciate my buddy Jay Beal, the future national and world champion of carry optics or production optics, whatever you want to call him, in the house. Jay, thanks for taking time today. How are you doing? I'm doing very well. Thanks for having me on. It's pretty cool. What an intro. Jeez. Mm-hmm. Well, <laughs> I, didn't, I didn't expect that one. Well, yeah. I mean, well, it's going to happen here eventually, so better get used to it, buddy. Um, so uh, we're in mid-February now at the recording of this podcast, so um, it's probably really cold in Maine as well as it is here. Yes. It's a little chilly. I'm actually kind of cold right now because this, uh, yeah, this room is chilly. Mm-hmm. So it looks okay. like it's an exterior wall. I am. Yes, it's an exterior wall. It's a like a half basement thing. It's not my current house that I'm working on, but it's another house that I'm living in. Uh, it's a little chilly. Yeah, you can see there's a heat pump behind me, but I think it's on. You think? It's, not, <laughs> it's on low. It's not oh. very hot. Gotcha. <laughs> I yeah. could turn it up. Same here. It's I'm in the, the basement dwellings of uh, dry fire dojo land. So, yes, a good place to be. Mm-hmm, good place is. to be. I don't like it because it also pulls me away from dryer fire, but that's a whole other topic in itself. Yes. <laughs> but it's like the only place it can go, so it's got to live here. Yeah, yeah. But all right. There you let's, go. First question of the day. I know it's probably the most question you get on every podcast. Who is Jay Beal, and what is your background? Yeah, um, I'll make it really short because uh, I—it's probably like the—I—I'm a kind—I'm a normal person. Um, I—I I work on a goat farm. Um, they're not—it's not the only thing they do. Um, uh, we do blueberries as well, and I—I—I um, was—I grew up here in Maine, um, and I was homeschooled up until kind of midway through high school. And then, um, a little bit before that, I met my current, my, my, my wife at a summer camp who, that's like, right, like right where I, close to where I live. And, um, when kind of during high school, I had an opportunity to go to Connecticut, which is where she's from. And I went to and finished up high school in Connecticut um, with the only purpose of being closer to the girl that I fell in love with. So mm-hmm. um, uh, it wasn't about the school for me there. It was just mm-hmm. to be uh, closer to her. And um, and then somehow I convinced her to move back up to Maine with me. And uh, that's where we are. <laughs> so um, and uh, we have a we have a kid now who's almost two and um we're building a house, and that's kind of who who I am. I really like I like shooting. Um, I like competitive shooting, uh, and that's what that's kind of like the hobby thing. It's pretty it's pretty obsessive. Um, I think it is for a lot of people um, when they get into this, and and uh, that's where we're at. Mm-hmm. And from other podcasts, I'm gonna try to not make you have to answer all the same questions, but we're going to talk probably about the same things. But from <laughs> listening to you on your first ever podcast, I believe it was the Modern Samurai podcast, uh, um, you got into shooting, well, competitive shooting because of carrying concealed and yes. shooting from open in um, appendix. That's right. Yeah. Um, we, 
that's initially what I wanted to do. So you got people like um, the first person who I heard doing it and, and like listened to uh, was Gabe White. And um, he used to be on back when it was called The Practical Pistol Show, which was Ben, uh, ben Steger's podcast, um, which they've changed. There's been a whole bunch of evolutions with that. But um, Gabe White used to be on that. And that's where, because I just like listen to shooting podcasts, no matter what they were. And I've always done that um, and heard Gabe Boyd talking about it. And Gabe, um, I've never talked to him personally, but uh, he made Master Shooting Limited in from, from Appendix, from Concealment, all that stuff. Um, and, and that whole evolution is like, I, I then heard... On some other podcast, I heard about Steve Anderson and heard him talk about like how he had made Grandmaster, and um, and then at, at some point right in there, I was like, all right, well, I'm gonna I'm gonna compete. I'm gonna use my carry gear from concealment, and I want to make Grandmaster. Um, now, obviously, there's some like changes along the way where I didn't make Grandmaster with my carry gear from concealment. Um, mm-hmm. I made I made it to master and then wanted to switch over into carry optics and really play um, the game and play the game. Exactly. So we don't have to get people who listen to other podcasts to get really into that. Like listen to the one mm-hmm. with Scott because we that's that's the main reason I we, we talked um, mm-hmm. and, and Scott and I still chat back and forth here. And um, uh, but yeah, it was from concealment for the first. It did that for nine, nine months. Mm-hmm. Um, or I think it was, it was maybe like ten months, mm-hmm. uh, and then I switched to carry optics. Yeah, and that's and it's quite impressive to even make master in in concealment. I mean, you were shooting major with very expensive ammunition, but yes, oof, I wouldn't want that bill. <laughs> no, and so I wouldn't shoot a lot. I would not. Mm-hmm. I would shoot major nine major in matches, and then I would shoot. Um, so that nine major was one forty seven grain. Uh, Underwood plus P plus. It was like carry ammo mm-hmm. um, in matches only, and I would only check zero with that ammo, and then I would train with um, with Tula 115s, and I would put. It, it was borderline because it 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 wouldn't really work in my mm-hmm. gun because I had an 11 port compensator on it, and um, so I'd, I had like an 11 pound spring that I'd cut down to like, I think it must've been like eight pounds. And so when you get that light in a Glock, mm-hmm. lock up just like doesn't happen. Um, and so there was, it, it's a little frustrating. Um, that's mm-hmm. part, part of the reason as well that I, that I stopped doing that. Cause I needed major power factor. Right, I, I, you have, you can't compete I, like, well, you can compete in open, but it's can. very, very difficult to compete with open guns with a not an open gun shooting minor. Yeah. I mean, I definitely can be done. I think that you can, I still think you could make, you could make master, you could make GM in open from concealment doing that. Um, you just have to be really quick mm-hmm. um, and there's nothing wrong with that. Um, I think you can be, <laughs> okay. but, but yeah, I mean like I wanted to have major power factor and then that's, that's the whole thing. It's like, well, if I'm doing this from concealment, major power factor, might as well switch over to an open rig, um, like open outside the waistband stuff, uh, which was entirely new to me because I'd never had an outside the waistband holster ever. Mm-hmm. Um, and then I switched over to it and had to learn to reload from like the other hip and a whole bunch of stuff. 
so there mm-hmm. it was pretty interesting that initial switch which was only like two years ago um and so it's good it's good and then in, you said it took six months to make grandmaster and carry optics after that right it was oh. it was a little longer than that i think i so i switched in in september of 2018 and i made it in uh august 2019 um i don't i don't shoot a lot of matches maybe if i shot more matches could have been a little quicker but you know i'm shooting like a match a month um Mm -hmm. with one classifier match a year so it's not like it's a lot um i know people shoot less people shoot more but i don't i don't shoot a lot of matches all right same here i am in the same boat i get maybe one local a month yep and the one classifier match a month and I'm hoping this month to get that, well, this first year to get my first major in, because I haven't been competing that long anyway. Mm-hmm. But, I mean, I think, literally, we are just transplaced. You are in Maine, I'm in Michigan, but I'm not at your skill level yet. It's like yet. the same person, not yeah. yet. Yeah. But, I mean, you're, I, I watch your stuff. I mean, you're, you're quick. You're, you're, get, like, you're, um, you're committed to getting better, and I think that that's, like, what it is. You're, that, that's all it is. The people that are that are, you know, air quotes, good, Mm -hmm. um, they are obsessive about it. Mm -hmm. And there's no other option besides to get decent because (laughs) what you you can't be obsessive about something and not do it. Right. And that's, and it's truly obsessive. And it's like, I think the first person I heard this phrase from was rage to master. And that was from Steve, Steve Anderson. Mm -hmm. I know it's probably not his term. I think I've Googled it and it pops up everywhere about being really good at sports and activities and just being want to be proficient to a level you want to be a master at. You want to get there. But I really do have that rage to master mentality about competitive shooting and shooting in general. It's I'm and I bet you you did, too, when you were going up. You were like and you still probably you still do. It's like Mm -hmm. you want to be good. That term's from um, uh, a book called The Talent Code by, by Daniel Coyle, um, and, and he uses that term in there. I think at least that's the first place I heard it, and, that's, and I heard it there because early on in Steve's podcast, he mentioned that book. Mm-hmm. You mean the days where we got to listen to music on the podcast? Yes, back in those days. I, good I am not that back that far back. I, <laughs> oh, I, don't really? have the okay. band, I don't have the bandwidth to go back all those all the whole catalog like you did oh yeah (laughs) i think i'm maybe two years back on the podcast is when i started listening to steve okay and how did i find him oh i found him through scott yeah scott turned me on to him because scott always quotes about r and r or refinement and repetition yes and um well let's say let's go this um You've taken some training with Steve after you made Grandmaster. Did you take any other formal training with any other instructor? Yeah, so I took um, I took a class with Trek from MDFI, which I think you know, right? Yeah, he's from Michigan, actually uh, pretty Michigan. local-ish to me. Okay, cool. So I drove from Maine to Michigan, which is like 19 hours, um, to take... You suck. It's not the gun, and then foundation handgun from him. And so that did you was... go around Ohio, or, sure. or did you cut across the border? Or did you sure. go through? What, 
whatever path we you stayed in the us it. though maybe <laughs> i mean you would have known if you'd gone through canada <laughs> no no i um yeah the, uh i did i did stay in the us um but <laughs> and that was that was 2017 i think it was the spring of 2017 um i took a i took you suck it's not the gun and foundation handgun now, what made you want to drive all the way to Michigan to train with Trek? Um, I had heard uh, some guys on another podcast talk about Trek and, um, and MDFI, and they had really good things to say. And I was like, well, there's nobody, I guess, really right around me doing this, which there was, or I could have hosted somebody for a class. Um, but I... It seemed like stuff that that would help me out, and it did. Mm-hmm. It did. I was I was already. I mean, like I was dry firing then. I didn't know really what I was doing, but I was dry firing like I could hit the target, and that's. Mm-hmm. And so that class was kind of just like a confirmation. Um, I learned some stuff in it, but I don't know if you've taken you suck. It's not the gun or not, but um, not yet. It's on the radar, but it uh, luckily their classes fill up very fast because they'll do a sale at the end of one season prior to the next season starting and a lot right. of classes fill up but it's on the radar but um currently it's not the primary focus it'd probably be very good for competition shooting as well because it's a, you suck it's not the gun is very accuracy based mm-hmm. and that can apply at any distance so and let me guess that podcast you're listening to was practically tactical yes it was I have not listened to them in a while, but I think it's because they went to a you pay for it uh, kind of program. They did. To to their I, shows. I haven't listened. Sometimes they put stuff out every once in a while. Um, I haven't listened to it in a while. Yeah. I used to talk to Nick regularly. Well, once a week, probably until they went to a paid service. And I'm just yep. like, okay, well, and it was really expensive. If it was maybe five bucks a month. I would have been okay. I can warrant that. But when it's like 30, I'm like, no. Yeah, I can't. Like, I could do a month and then be like, eh, I don't know. That, he told me, he's like, well, just pay for one month and binge. Like, after we get going for a little while, binge it for, like, a month and then cancel your subscription. I'm like, I guess that'd work, but... I guess. <laughs> but, speaking of subscription services, you are part of one of the finest subscription services on the internet, the Anderson Insider Program. Yeah. Uh, I am a member. Uh, I think it's really wonderful. Um, you want to tell the people the fluff about it? Yeah, so that's something that Steve has been talking about for a while, and I think it's it's only been up for hasn't been too long. Um, but there's a lot on there, like, uh, and people don't know it because I, you know, we haven't talked about it a ton, and Steve hasn't talked about it a ton. Um, but he has a new book that he's adding chapters to um, called How to Now, and Steve's talked about it a little bit, but uh, that is the only place you get access to it. Um, and so that's, that's one of the things on there. So that's audio version. And then there's, um, uh, you can read it on there as well. Um, and that's like short shooting lessons that are like instilled into a really like a page or whatever. And, and that's like how to go out to the range and get a sub second draw. Steve's talked about this stuff, so we won't go into it too, too much detail, but that book is on there. Um, all of Steve's third book, get to work is on there in audio version. Um, in an audiobook with him, with Steve reading it, uh, which is awesome. 
Um, and then he's he's got plans to put the other two books on there as well. Um, well that'll be nice. Which will be really cool. Uh, and um, aside from that, there are videos from myself on there. Um, I can think the the core ones are yeah from from myself, Mark Sue, um, and uh, Garrett John Evans from South Africa are on there doing the first 12 drills from refinement and repetition. So you get like as written how, how I did those drills um, when I started out and, and kind of like this, I mean, I took this, I took all those videos in earlier this year or last year, sorry, mm -hmm. um, early 2020. And, and with, with kind of my picture, my view on them, little things that I found that, that work really well for me to, to push part-times part down. Um, and then you got Mark Sue just has those videos. They were added not too long ago. Um, mm -hmm. And then Gaz is working on some, and then Gaz just did some, some other stuff about um, uh, with some reloads and getting, getting his hand to the pouch and what, what he does, what, what pieces he focused on um, mm -hmm. to do that, what he still is focusing on. And then, um, and then we're adding like a few videos a month. It seems like, uh, we're all new to this. We don't know what we're doing, but we kind of do, but we don't. Um, <laughs> and so like videos are getting added all the time, uh, with kind of drills that I'm working on or Gaz is working on or, or Mark's working on. Um, and then Steve is adding also the show prep. There's a whole bunch of stuff on there. You can, <laughs> you can, you can see... spend a lot of time on there. Yeah. Oh, and then, and then we have, um, Conversations like Steve and I had a like an hour conversation about shooting in the rain um, mm -hmm. and visualization and mental rehearsal. And then we all talked about um, stage planning, like all, all four of us talked about stage planning for like an hour. Mark saying um, Mark saying um, Mark Sue, playing it dumb, playing it dumb, playing it dumb, <laughs> which I mean, I think that you could instill it now. Now you've just given away the whole thing. Jeez. But I'm sorry, <laughs> Steve already ruined that one. Yeah, yeah. Um, so that's on there, and then we we do those um, we do those frequently as well. So we're going to be doing one about the about the performance analysis journal um, from Lanny Bash from Mental Management, uh, and like all the secret sauces on there, which is what what the uh, what the program is. Right? It's the insider, but or maybe it was maybe it was originally called Secret Sauce. I don't know. That needs to be the subtitle of the Anderson Insiders. Yeah, so well, there's be some. It should be. <laughs> there's some good stuff on there, and it, and there's more to come, and and it's it's always being added to, so it's good. And I find it like if you're gonna pay for any subscription service, kind of like this kind of thing, it's worth your money. I mean, I would agree to maybe say give you a three day trial or a one day trial to just see what it's about, or put like a, a half opened page to see here's a couple things what you might be interested, you know, what you might get out of this. To then entice people to pay for the service, I did. That's a good full, idea. I did it uh, full knowingly of the quality um, of shooter that all three of you are and Steve is, and I just dived head in. Yeah, and yeah. It's, it's been quite wonderful of information and et cetera. And, you know, I pay my fifteen dollars a month, but it, it's quite nice. And oh, but Steve gives away most of his sauce in the podcast, so we need to tell him to stop talking about mental management so much or so much of it. <laughs> then he would sell more classes. <laughs> Oh yeah, oh yeah, but that's a good idea. I like the free trial kind of deal. Mm -hmm. we'll, we'll we'll get with Steve about it. Steve, if right. you're listening, we're this is this is it. <laughs> and I'll make sure to send him this. 
because I need yes. to still ask him about getting on. So it was interesting. I talked. I had sent Mark Sue a message one time, just after saying out of the blue, just talk, sent him a message about the amglab.com commanderson timer clip from Shooter's yes. Toolbox. And yes. he's like, I was like, oh, Jay's great. I'm like, I tell him, well, I'm talking to Jay about the, 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 the timer. And he's like, oh, Jay's great. And it's like, here's all, you, here's all the information about this clip you want. He sent me a video that he had. It was really cool. Yeah. I, didn't even, I don't even know Mark Sue, besides that he's an awesome, uh, he's a pastor, I think. Um, he is. Steve said. He is. Now, when all four of you do a call, what time is it locally for you? Okay, so we have to the the person we're working around is is Garrett, um, who's mm-hmm. in South Africa. So he's seven hours ahead of me in okay. Eastern time, and then Mark is like three hours ahead. I he'd be three hours behind us, right? Three yeah. hours behind. Okay, so I don't. It's it, It's like <laughs> we've done it before. At like it's like eleven a.m. Right, Eastern. it's got to be like midday because it's yeah. I think the stage planning talk. He was like ten o'clock at night in for Garrett. Yeah, so it must have been it must have been midday for for us. And he looked tired. I think so <laughs> he looked really tired. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and I, I actually, I, um, he knows about, he knows about this podcast and I'm, 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 uh, I, I chatted with him just a little bit about that. So he, he definitely be game to get on. He's, he's, uh, very interesting and he's, he's a, a an amazing shooter. So it's cool. yes, he is for someone whose self-image is so strong. He doesn't come off as we'd say cocky, at least yep. in my eyes. I mean, all of you, all of you are very humble. Steve um, is very humble. <laughs> and, yeah, no, like, yeah. Um, I think, yeah, Garrett, uh, he's, he comes across like, that's, I don't know how to say it, but yeah, I mean, that's exactly it. He's really, he's confident in his, in his abilities. Um, but you wouldn't, yeah, which that's the fine line. That's the, that's the tricky part to this. Mm -hmm. It really is. It is. And, uh, oh, so who is the captain on this Super Squad. Is it Steve's you or the captain? Steve's, Steve's wow. the captain. No, he's he's the he's the sponsor. He's the he's the guy with the name. <laughs> I I don't know actually. I don't know who's who who the captain is. Um, and Mark Sue figure it out. <laughs> Mark's the pastor, so that's that. In the, what, in the math department, head of the math department, I think. Head of the math department. Um, and, Not like and we're insinuating pa- anything, but he's probably better at math than any of us. He 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 might be. Um, unless you're counting goats and then you have him. Yeah. But I, I don't know if I could tell you exactly how many goats I have right now. So, well, counting the ones that are inside the other goats, we have no idea. You're exactly right. Like we don't, we don't do, uh, we don't try to track how many kids the pregnant goats are going to have, like until we, until they come out. So you're right. Now on the goat side, because we'll talk about anything here. Um, do you like, do you get rid of some of the babies, or do you just let the flock get really big and then downsize? Yeah, so this is the thing about like farming, and especially dairy dairy farming, is to produce milk, you have to um, have the the animals need to be pregnant, and then they need to give birth, and then they produce milk. So mm-hmm. you have to do that every year, um, which means that you're going to get for goats. 
one, two, three, four kids, maybe even per goat. And so you can't, you can't keep all the goats. Um, and so a lot of them go to, um, go to auction. So probably end up in, in meat. Um, and then we keep a very select few that, that are from milking lines that are productive, that produce lots of milk, that have good traits that we want to keep. Um, and we, we are very selective about that. Um, now, would you get rid of more, more you, I'm assuming you'd auction off the more mature goats who are not going to produce milk anymore. That's right. So if they're goats that aren't producing milk, those ones get, um, those ones get sold. And then if, if, when kids that we bottle feed for initially to get them on the bottle, then those ones are also sold because we can't keep all the kids. Right. Okay. Um, so we so keep the, you know, the babies and the old ones. They, they're babies the ones. and the old ones. Yes. Um, <laughs> so it's, there's a lot to it. I mean, like that's the price that you pay for producing milk um, mm-hmm. is that they are, there's, there's a byproduct that's, that is baby goats. Yes. Now, quite, now it ties into this about goats in your life. It was from a listener. How do you have so much time to practice? And I'm going to actually throw in there, farm and build your house with, you know, and take care of, of your son. You know, how do you make all time for that? Okay, so I, um, my wife is amazing. She's an amazing woman. And I, uh, she is who makes this possible. Um, so I, I think that like, and you and I've talked about this before, but it's, and I got this from, from, from Gaz from South mm-hmm. Africa. He, and, and then he got this from Steve who got this from Lanny Basham. So let's thank Lanny Basham and my wife. So <laughs> what, whatever, whatever I'm doing, um, the, the idea is that, that you're 100% into whatever you're doing at that time. Mm-hmm. Um, and so whenever I'm dry firing or training, um, I'm there, I'm doing that. Um, now that can be difficult sometimes because sometimes you get a call and you have to go and pull yourself away from that at that time. Mm-hmm. Um, but for whatever moment you are in, that's the only thing that you're doing. It's the only thing you're thinking about. Um, and I, I'm not perfect at it. Uh, I, I am training hard to become better at that. Uh, so when it's time to be with the family, that's, that's what I'm doing. Mm-hmm. And, um, that, and it's, that is truly remarkable. And I am also trying to be better. These things are the devil to productivity and 100% um, focused in my opinion, but we kind of yes. need them for day-to-day and, life. And for the audio listeners, you are holding up a cell phone. Yes, which is currently what I'm recording this on or what we are, re- what I am looking at. Yes. And, um, and, uh, I agree with you. Yes. Um, they can take a lot of time away from, from things that are more important. We have to be really careful. Yes, we do. And it's very hard. I've been dealing with this with my personal life actually, and trying to be more there. I might be physically there, but if my phone's in my hand, it's typically preoccupying myself. And I try not to. I know you're a very busy person. I don't try to monopolize your time because 
you're feeding goats, you're building a house, you have to tend to your wife, you have to tend to your son. <laughs> it's, and there's a, I know Steve says, you talk to everybody. Right. And yeah. So I, if I take up your whole day, that means someone else is taking up your whole day. And then Mrs. Beal will be mad at all three of us because you aren't doing what you're supposed to do. <laughs> and you're turning doors into dry fire doors instead of real doors. She doesn't know this yet. Oh, no, we can't talk about that publicly. No, just kidding. Um, she won't listen yeah. to this anyway. <laughs> um, so, but I, I think this whole thing about, so that, that whole idea is being pre in, the, in the current moment. So present tense. Um, I don't know who said that first. I think I've heard that said by Steve a lot. And I think um, obviously Lanny has said that. Uh, that translates to uh, performance at a match. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's a really interesting thing when you go up and you you get the the make ready command from a range officer, and um, and you put yourself in a state where the only thing you're thinking about is literally what's happening right now, not what just happened or what's going to happen. Mm-hmm. Um, and that I think that that's when we get the most enjoyment out of life, and then we get the best. Um, the best performance out of life too true it does and i when i go to a match i don't even my phone stays in my range bag my watch is typically a smart watch every day i put on a regular analog watch so i'm not distracted by any voops or alerts or anything my phone if my phone needs to be needed it's on and it's only for typically emergency calls at that point but i'm there to shoot the match or luckily, the last match I went, I took my wife because she'd never experienced watching uh, a local match. And yeah. to make it more sense, when I want to talk to her about my hobby, I said, let's drive. We're going to a match. You're going to sit here and you're going to enjoy yourself because it's quite interesting to watch people run around with guns and blast targets. And so at least now she has a, a basic understanding of what my hobby is. Right. Right. And, Instead of it's just a video or something that you show her, be like, this is what I didn't like. What else? What's happening? You get the you get the full picture. You get the whole experience. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, and you do, and it's it's quite interesting. I tried to get her to run the tablet or learn the tablet, and she's like, "No, I just want to watch." Like, That's fine. There you go. Nice. But she's not. This is not something she would do herself. Yeah, she was talking about it, but she doesn't have a uh, pistol that would make. It wouldn't even be able to be used in production because it doesn't hold enough bullets. <laughs> <laughs> and it's it's I. It's just, it was a, she enjoys watching it and understands it to a degree where she's like, oh, that's cool. You're doing something you like and enjoy. And she there understands when I'm running around and hearing clicks in the basement. Yeah, clicks, beeps, clicks. Makes yep. sense. It does. Um, let's ring. Let's see. Okay. Let's, the next question is, we know you're shooting carry optics. Um, you want to tell the people your gear, your basic gear setup? Yes, because it is the most important thing mm-hmm. about... It's the most everyone asks you what what's your timer, what's your this, what's your that. It's like it's stuff, and that's how I feel about it. It's stuff, but, it, it's, but everyone wants to know. It's the so what can I? It's like the thing of what can I go buy that'll make me better today, which I totally think is the wrong attitude for people. Use what yeah. you have, people, and it will be better. My I will say my Glock 17 I compete with is a stock trigger, mind yeah. you. I don't yeah. use. I, I had a fancy upgraded trigger until I broke it. And then yes. I put the stock in, and I'm like, fine, this will be fine. These things don't break. I have also broken fancy upgraded triggers. Um, and, yeah, I actually still use 
uh, I, I use a, a um, in my Glocks, I use an Overwatch trigger. Um, and, but I'm not, I'm, I'm, I'm the wrong person to talk to about, about gear and like modifications. Mm-hmm. Um, but we'll, we'll talk about it really briefly. So I, I shoot, um, Glock 34s. I have no professional relationship with Glock or anybody. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, but I shoot them because I, um, it's it's what I have. Uh, so there, I have two guns. I have a, a practice gun and a match gun. Um, there are thirty four. There are thirty four Gen fours with uh, that are the MOS versions um, mm-hmm. with SROs on there for the five MOA SROs, um, which uh, I have. I have three of those. Um, so there's one on each, and then there's a there's a backup that can be put on if needed. Smart man. Um, and I think that that for carry optics currently, I think that that's a, a pretty decent setup to have three three dots, two guns. Um, I think three guns would be ideal because you get two two match guns and you get a practice gun. Um, right, but you take your brother with you so you can borrow his backup gun if your gun goes down. Well, the problem is that now my brother's shooting a different gun, and Uh-oh. I bought his backup gun. So it's... Nick, you can't do that. <laughs> yeah, Nick, if you're listening, no. Um, <laughs> uh, and so I, I, I think it's, it works well because you can go to a match with, with two guns, and you can, um, and if something happens, then you can switch, mm-hmm. uh, and it's not Absolutely. the end of the world. Absolutely. Um, so those are the guns. I've taken the finger grooves off the Gen 4s because who needs those? Um, I don't, I mean, like, again, I don't think any of this stuff is necessary. Mm-hmm. Um, and then uh, I've put a little brass plug in the, in the grip um, to, as a little, it, there's that void back there in all the Glocks um, and the, the back of, like, the back of the case will get hung up there on reloads. Um, yep. And it's, I know people that don't use them and they're, and it's fine. Um, I, I just kind of like having something there, um, as a guide. Uh, mm-hmm. and then holster stuff. I, I use like, I actually don't even know. I think it's a contact holster, it's whatever cheap, whatever cheap, um, boss hanger and then CR speed stuff, mm-hmm. CR speed belt and pouches. Because they are the finest gun handling gadgetry you can wrap around your waist or anywhere else. Very well said. Very well said. You know how many times that just I say that on a regular basis just because I'm I'll listen to Steve's show and I will say the intro with him. Yeah. Every time until he messes it up (laughs) or he changes it. I'm like, damn you, Steve. Yeah. Yeah. So that's the stuff. um, And I think that the other really important part is having a timer. Um, I I used a long for a long time. I used an app on my phone, but there they're not the same. If you compare them, they're not accurate. They're not as accurate as a real timer. Um, and they definitely don't work in live fire. Yeah. Uh, or they don't work very well at all. Um, so timer, timers, like, I, I definitely re- rely on it a, a lot earlier on, like big time. And then I still, I still use that for part times. Um, and mm-hmm. I think, I, at least for me and my personality, I, I like to have that. Um, and I think that's it. Yeah. I think that's um, the stuff. 
It is the stuff, and that's great. And I honestly think it. I agree with you. Compete with what you have. You don't necessarily need to go out and buy a Shadow Two unless you really want to go spend twelve to fourteen hundred dollars on a Shadow Two, one Shadow Two, and then go we'll buy another one, and then yes. mill it. I mean, shoot with what you have. I mean, you can eventually upgrade later. Myself, I don't. I use a plug, but it's a plastic plug from I think it's yep. a Pierce plug, yep. and it smooths out when you mess up your reloads. It smooths it down, so it makes the magwell complete. I, I do think you should see if you can upgrade to Gen 5s because you don't have to take the finger grooves off and the magwell's just a little bit bigger. I know, but I just dry fired with one not long ago um, and I, I didn't really like it. Really? I, I don't wow. know. I was like, it's not any different. But maybe that, I don't know. I don't know. I was like, I was happy with keeping with the Gen 4s, even though I think they're being discontinued, but that's... Yep, they stopped. They'll make Gen threes for California, but it's Gen three and Gen five. They got rid of Gen fours, unfortunately. Yeah. So, so that means you can probably find them for cheap, though. So you just maybe. buy them cheap and stack them deep, Jay. Is that what you're supposed to do? All right, all right. <laughs> that, at least that's what uh, Brian tells me. Just you buy it cheap and you stack it deep. Yeah, or Brian you win, would know. You go or you go to GFSS matches, and you win those, and then you get a free gun. That is probably the way to do it. It is, especially for you. Um, unless, uh, we can get you into a bull gun. We can get you into open. Right. Right. Who knows? Who you knows? never know. But, um, yeah, I, I'm finally getting my backup gun this year. Maybe in a month or so. I'm going to get myself another 17 Gen 5. Non-MOS, because I'm going to then ship it to Empire and get it milled. There you go. For this, and I will save money that, from getting the non, the stock version over the MOS, because... It's cheap, well, because the price difference between the regular and the MOS version is that much more. I can get a mill job for a deal. There you go. I like it. And then I can get the SRO farther back so I don't have to worry about brass deflecting off onto it and mess, hitting, oh, yeah. hitting. And they, they get dirty, like, get built up on the front of the lens. Maybe that helps with that, too. But I don't really mm -hmm. clean mine anyway, so. Yeah, I, uh, I clean my RMR when I get a bunch of dead skin on it from carrying it. And then you, like, wipe it off. And then you're like, okay, that's good. Yeah, it's fine. All good. Now, work. when you were talking, you were talking to us. It was Steve in the rain. Have you tried the ping pong ball yet, or the the tape in the sun? Uh, tape in the sun, I've tried. Uh, ping pong ball, I have not yet. Um, I think I think the tape in the sun is really interesting. Like if the sun's really really bad, um, mm -hmm. and you're shooting at targets that are right right in front of you. Um, the tape takes away that double dot for the SROs, mm -hmm. um, and and if you're shooting a red dot uh, with a kind of target focus, then then you'll be good to go. Mm -hmm. um, you won't even notice that the tape is there. Um, and that's been my experience practicing with that live fire, dry fire. Um, the the tape is is not an issue. If it's on, if it's off, doesn't matter. So that's why right. I don't clean my dots really. Um, mm -hmm. I will put like anti-fog stuff on it um cat crap yes that's what i have right now um hunters hg gold has some some other stuff z clear or something like that i'm gonna try yep. that i haven't i've i only put the z clear on my lenses i have not put them on an optic yet it, yeah. it works they're essentially the same thing in different colors I'm, I'm assuming maybe i'll send you some i'll send you some more cat crap for free because oh, we, get really? it at, we get it at, we got a case of it at work or it's coming in because nice. now with in in, in my manufacturing facility, we are mandated to wear masks or face coverings. So everyone's 
uh, eye protection is fogging up. So right. they bought cat crap. And I'm like, I literally thought one day I took my cat crap to work out of my range bag and left it there. And then someone was playing with it. When I saw little the little cups of cat crap everywhere, I'm like, why do you have these? Like, I swear to God, I thought someone stole it from me. And I'm like, oh, no, the maintenance guy brought it. I'm like, okay, good. <laughs> Yeah, yeah. So this is funny, like for people who don't know what it is. Um, it's a terrible name, though. <laughs> it really is. It, it's it's it's. Um, I wonder why they did that. Anyway, it's. It, I think it's useful, and I think that if you apply that, if you know it's going to be raining, and you put something on your dot, um, then possibly like the first shot might be kind of starburst. Like you get dots everywhere because there's water droplets on there. But then after the first shot, those are gone. Mm-hmm. So that's kind of why I haven't committed to like trying a ping pong ball stuff. Um, it's another thing you got to carry with you. It's part of a, a make ready routine that you got to you got to train, you got to rehearse. Um, so I'm I'm all right with with keeping defogger on the lens if I know it's going to be raining um, or if I know it's going to be really humid. Uh, mm-hmm. I like I like that. I like that. Definitely going to try with the ping pong ball. Because mm-hmm. that was interesting to hear Hwansik talk about the ping pong ball. Yes, and, and I was I, like. I've heard, I never thought about it. Yeah, yeah. Um, so it's a good idea. It's mm-hmm. a great idea. It is. Um, okay, so this one's kind of interesting. Uh, what drives your shooting? Yeah, what drives your shooting and motivates you to keep getting better? <laughs> um, it's a. I think the answer is really simple. But also, like it's it's hard to put into words. Mm-hmm. Um, which is why we're having some some dead air right now because I don't know exactly how to say it. It's a great question, um, and I think it's passion. Um, I I really like doing this. I don't. Um, I don't know exactly what it is, but there's there's a degree when you when you feel like you're getting better at something, there's a there's a drive to keep continue to get better at that thing, um, and I think that that's what what drives me is to get to get better, and that is more clearly defined as as to build subconscious skill, um, technically and mental sub- subconscious skill. Um, and so to to train technical stuff and to train mental stuff to build it so it's at a subconscious level so that so that when when we're going through our everyday life or when we're competing that we can just be in the in the present tense that we talked about earlier right um, so that's really what I'm interested in I'm interested in building subconscious technical and mental skill so that I can um, so that I can participate in life in a more uh, present, present moment. And I think that's something we all strive for is to be in the present at, in life. Mm-hmm. And it's very hard because a lot of people reflect on what happened and what could happen. My, one of my favorite mantras from Steve is, what can I do right now? Mm-hmm. It's, like, it's like if you're having a bad day or stressed, what can I do right now to get this job done? I know he's yep. talking about it right now is walking the three dogs. I mean, it's always got to worry about what can I do right now to make sure everybody's safe and we're done here. Yes. What What are the the questions that Steve has said? You know, like what am I, what am I doing right now, and and why? 
Right. Um, mm -hmm. if, if you can't clearly answer those questions, um, then it's okay to get to a point where you can. Um, yeah. And so I think that, is that what, was there two parts to that question or was that, was that pretty much it? There, there was, this, yeah, that was one question. That was pretty good. That was good. Okay. I, I hope that that is clear enough. And if it, it's, again, it's tricky to talk about because it's not like, it's not like I'm doing this because I want to win mm -hmm. um, or, or anything like that. I'm doing this because I like to do it. Right. Um, and winning is more of a sub reward to getting that subconscious skill and following the process and being the passion that drives you to do all these things, to be very good, you know, be proficient and have all this skill. Winning is just a sub, you know, a, be a benefit of putting in all this work and that your drive has built for you. Yes. Yeah. It, I think that if we're even, if we're too tied up in the winning part or the results, mm -hmm. I mean, this is stuff that Laney's talked about so much. Um, that is, is such a strong distraction from the things that matter, mm -hmm. which is, which is what you're doing right now, which again, like, what are you doing and why, like at a, at a match, I'm, I'm at some stage in my mental process that I'm doing. That's what I'm doing right now, whatever that stage is. And then mm -hmm. why am I doing it? Because I know that that's going to give me, um, all of my subconscious skill on demand. And that's what I want. Mm -hmm. And if you guys are listening to this, go pick up with winning in mind and break the icebreaker tip off the mental game. Read the book three times. Give Steve Anderson a call or an email at steve at andersonshooting.com and get signed up for a mental management course. It's the best $250 you're going to spend on your mental game right now. Yes. Yeah. And I'm, I paid for that fully with my own hard money. And it, it was life changing. And it really will change your life as soon as you take it from the aspect of shooting and putting it those same principles on daily life. I kind of want to get a second journal for a daily life journal, you know, like a performance journal, not for shooting. Yeah. And I think that'd be an interesting test to see how, you know, having the two journals, the shooting journal and the life journal, how much more your day-to-day -day life gets better because you are treating it like a match or a performance, you know, each day-to-day. Yeah. But following the mental management process is tuned for day-to-day -day life. Yeah. I think um, it's kind of interesting. It's a little separate from that, but um, Brian Enos talked, talks about in his book, like an error. I think it is in his book. If it's not, then somebody can send me a message and correct me. But like an error-free day, which I, there's a little bit of results wrapped up in that statement. So maybe some words could be shifted around. But like um, a day where you are... Um, where you're not rushing through anything you're not you're not away from what the current task is and so like whatever you're doing and so like the carrying the groceries in um instead of taking all of the groceries and like having them wrapped around like three different fingers and you're like struggling through the door and now you can't get your keys to open the door that whole thing like mm -hmm. you maybe you take three trips but you didn't drop anything you didn't break the eggs um and you're just aware of what's happening. Um, mm -hmm. But I, I like the idea of, of, of a journal for, for regular stuff. And that's something that helped me a lot as writing. Um, being able to write stuff down that you learn uh, and then write down solutions for things in the future. 
Um, and it, it really helped me. I think everybody's different with it, but, but it helped me be really clear on what I'm doing and why I'm doing it, which I think is it's where it's at. Yeah. And it's, it's powerful. And the fact of, even if you slow down by 10%, so opera, don't t- take the one trip, take two to three trips with your groceries, even though we all want to be like, I can make it in one trip. Slow down. You don't need to hurt yourself. You know, you know, make the time. And I even with shooting, it's you know the the shooting sooner part of shooting. You can apply it to life. Start do it sooner. Don't rush. Okay, you need to get to work. Well, leave ten minutes earlier. You know, you're not gonna if you give yourself more time or shift your time, you're less to have an accident. I mean, Steve talks about it all the time about you're rushing to work in an ice storm, and instead of being there on time you're gonna be an hour and a half late because you got in a wreck or you got a yeah uh, a traffic ticket exactly exactly just being aware of of what's happening and planning ahead and being prepared um and i think there's a lot of ways to do that uh mm-hmm. and it's the same with with your gear making sure that your gear works making sure your dots zeroed or, or your sights are where you want them to be um knowing that your ammo is set <laughs> like there's so much stuff and it carries over to life too um, making sure that you've rehearsed mentally what you're going to do, make sure that, making sure that you know your mental process before you show up. Mm-hmm. Um, this stuff is, it applies everywhere. Yes, it, uh, it, it does. And it's, as soon as people, I think as soon as people got more onto the mental game, life would be a whole lot easier for them and their shooting would be a whole lot better too. As soon as... As soon as they got rid of the results aspect, I don't even care about results anymore. Like, sure, I'll look at practice score, but it's not the end all be all for me. I don't like I don't typically ask what were my hit what was my hit factor or my time on a stage. I'm more about, okay, let's walk the target, see if I saw anything that like I see if I didn't call a shot or I called a shot incorrectly. It's more that I'm worried about because that's my process of shot calling. You gotta make you wanna be able to call your shots and verify and not take that third sight picture but know where your shots went yeah that's all i care about is like my shots okay no penalties no scored errors or unscored errors and then i'm back to following the flow chart you know yeah and I, flow chart's wonderful i'm not going to share about how detailed the flow chart is but the flow chart is wonderful yes this is the flow chart from mental management from steve that steve designed with lanny basham like sat down with him mm-hmm. and came up with the flow chart for for the practical practical shooting sports, um, mm-hmm. which, ha- to my knowledge, hasn't been done before, um, to tie Lanny's method in with USPSA or with this style of scoring, mm-hmm. um, hit factor scoring, uh, which is pretty sweet. It is. And it's a simple flowchart. It's like, this is what I do. This is when I do it. Um, and and for, for different people, like that works really well. And for some people, it might not. But... Um, for me, it works really well because I like I like a simple process that I know works. Um, yes, absolutely. And if the simple process that works doesn't need to be over, it doesn't need to be complicated. It's truly K I S S. Keep it simple, special person. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> perfect. Perfect. Yes. I like it. Now, let's see. What I know, we don't shoot a lot of matches, and it's in Maine, so there's not a lot of matches for you, but. What matches are you looking forward to this year with the crazy ammo crisis and primer apocalypse and life? Yeah. Um, okay. So I'm, 
what is there? There's there's an indoor match we've got going on next month. Um, so that'll be fun. Uh, a good friend. We have got a, we've got a great group of people that we shoot with up here. Um, and so we get an indoor match there. And then the next one, kind of earlier in the year, that I'm going to be doing is uh, Area 7. Uh, that's in June. Um, it's tough right now. New Hampshire has some some restrictions because of COVID. Uh, so they the match is a little iffy to get into and there's some weird stuff. They did a lottery system this year, which we won't talk about now, but a lot of people are frustrated about that. Some people, um, anyway, the people, <laughs> it's, it's, a, it's whatever. Um, we won't talk about that, but, uh, right. that's, that's what I got coming up for the first one. That's in June. And then July, there's the, uh, Maine State Championship, which this is the first year where Maine has had a Maine State Championship that I know of. I think this is the first one ever. Um, we'll see. I'm not 100% sure about that. That's in July. Um, August might be doing Area 1. Uh, we'll see about that. Uh, that's in Oregon. You f- I'm assuming you're going to fly. I would fly to that. Yeah. Okay. Um, <laughs> uh, that's that's in Oregon um, at the Paul Bunyan range, I think. Mm-hmm. Um, and then that's a pretty famous range, isn't it? It is. Um, there's a lot. I, I've never been there before, but they, um, they've always, they've had some good matches there in the past. And uh, I think Washington state matches usually there as well. Um, or maybe it's, in, okay, so that's not in Oregon. It's in Washington. I don't know. It's so it's an area one. It's an area one. Um, and then after that, uh, the North Carolina section, which is called the Carolina Classic. Um, that one's in, in Salisbury, North Carolina. At, it's the same range that Area 6 is going to be at in um, April, uh, but that's in September and then, and then Nationals. So one of, the, some, one of those matches might not happen. I don't know. Nationals will, will happen. That's in uh, Talladega, Alabama. Let's hope um, John gets some primers. Yes. It'd be nice if we had primers. That would mm-hmm. be good. Um, but but again, like I mean, we talk about the, Steve talks about this all the time. Like I, I. So the, another good book is um, Troy Basham's, which is Lenny Basham's, one of his sons, um, uh, and it's called Attainment. Mm-hmm. I have that. Book. Uh, it's a great book. It's uh, a great and, book. And it's it's like if we change the way we look at at, at circumstances as either being you know, like it could be something bad that's going to detract from, from what's what you're doing, or, or it can be an opportunity that you have. Um, mm-hmm. So I think everybody has an opportunity right now to, to focus on different aspects of their game mm-hmm. other than straight up the shooting part. So we can work on the mental, the mental side and we can work on a whole lot in dry fire. So I think that's pretty exciting. Mm-hmm. Mine right now is dry fire slash starting to exercise and I walk a lot at work and I walk I walk, my average spread on, like counter on my watch says I walk seven to ten miles a day which is fine for me but I need to start lifting some weights and uh gain some muscle mass just a little bit just to tone up and hopefully lose a little bit of weight I was able to at the beginning of COVID I lost 20 pounds I was like at 180 and I got down to 160 so I was very happy with my weight but I need to build a little bit of muscle mass so that's my big thing is a little bit of exercise, more working out and dry fire and the mental game and the mental game. Yeah. There's a lot of stuff with, um, 
like maintaining uh, and kind of preventing injury as well. Like so, so doing. I mean, like shooter's elbow is a real thing because you get if you're if you're gripping. It hurts. It really hurts. It hurts. Um, and and it can and it can be like a can you know it can get people down. And so um, using like Chad Riley is a is a, a great example of somebody who has helped a lot of people with it. Um, he has a list of ex- exercises um, on Spinal Flow Yoga. I think is the name of the website. Um, yeah. And so I, I do stuff like that to, to prevent injury um, and then do, do stuff uh, like box jumps are awesome. A um, whole bunch of stuff that's like just explosive movement things, but also just in the sense of like squats or to build flexibility and, um, and to be able to, to be in a place where like you, you can do an activity and you're not really sore afterward. You just, you just keep on going throughout life and, and it, it's good. Right. And that kind of exercise really helps a day of a match saying you're shooting a 10 stage major all in one day. And if you're physically fit, mentally fit and proper nutrition, you can really, it doesn't put a, that much of a fatigue on you if you're able to keep yourself active and do the preventatives. So you're not going to hurt yourself throughout the day. I see yeah. a lot of people, I'm not judging them for their, how they look or their image, but it's just like, they lost maybe 10 pounds or was a little more active they wouldn't be huffing and puffing after stage six of a major or even at the end of a local there's some people you see after a local and they're whipped but yeah every, everything's tied together every everything helps everything else um, mm-hmm. and if we look at it that way then i think uh i think it makes the sport more enjoyable if, you know it's fun it's fun mm-hmm. and i think that that's probably like the the most simple way to put the whole thing like go to a match have fun um, right that's the first that's the first rule is always have fun and your first match it's have fun learn the rules of the sport yep. don't disqualify yeah and so if we carry that out is is have fun is like the priority having fun and also producing the your your top ability that you currently have are like so closely tied together um, that they may as well be the same, same thing. Mm-hmm. Um, yes, you have to follow a mental process, um, whether you know what it is or whether you subconsciously do it. Um, but having fun is so closely tied. It's, it's, it's right there. Yeah, it does. And it was quite interesting. I didn't know I had a mental process or a routine when I shot my first matches, but from listening to Steve and other shooting show podcasts, I had a mental process that I didn't even know I, you know, I didn't, I didn't consciously think I had one until you start thinking about it when you get into things and you're like, I do have a process. I have a mental process for each match. And, but I mean, it's not hard when Steve says you get your 20 visual, you analyze, visualize, match strategize, motives. strategize. Yes. Analyze, strategize, memorize, visualize. And if you do that, and then you get your 20 repetitions of your stage plan, you're golden. Yep. You, you decide before you're going to shoot that you're, that you're going to see what you need to see on every target, and then you're good. Right. Um, it's, nah. it's simple. But it's, I mean, we can say it's simple all day long. Um, I, I think it's, it's sometimes a little bit daunting to, for somebody to, to do it. But again, it's like if you let it be simple and you decide to do it, uh, that's where it's at. It is. And it truly is. I mean, yes, we oversimplify a lot of things in shooting, like shoot sooner, not faster. 
well, what does that mean? You know, do it sooner. Well, what does that really mean? And sometimes we have to break it down for people. I mean, but it's truly, there are a lot of simple aspects of things. And if you just try to keep it not just like Mark Sue, stage plan dumb. If you keep it kind of dumb and make it simple, it's yep. easier to execute. Yes. Execution is where it's at. Um, mm-hmm. I mean, this is stuff that you can play with in your own training, but like run, run scenarios in different ways. Um, and usually the time is going to be pretty, pretty close. Uh, and it, it just comes down to execution. I think that's, that's stuff people have said all the time, but I think that it means a lot more than sometimes we let, we let it, you know, sometimes you think that like you get a magical stage plan and it's going to be the best thing ever. And you're going to, and you're going to like, that's the important thing. Um, mm-hmm. but it's, it's, it's generally not, um, like an, like, I mean, people say it so much and, but an okay stage plan that's executed very well is going to be all you need. Right. And you don't even need to burn down, like to win nationals. You don't need to become first every stage. Well, it helps if you do, but you don't need, you can't go first and then 50th on a stage and win nationals typically. But if you perform in like the top eight consistently being eighth place on every stage, you will win nationals. Yep. Top, top 10%. Mm-hmm. Um, whatever that is placement wise, but if you're top 10% um, on every stage, usually that works out pretty well. It does, especially for someone who uh, came in fifth on their first nationals. Yeah, I, I mean, I did. I, it was not by by winning a whole bunch of stages. That's for nope. sure. You did win um, one stage, though. I did. I did. Uh, but it was it was because I like. I'm not, technically, I'm like not the the quickest on anything there, or or the the fastest on every stage or anything like that. But, um, but it, it worked out well to, to do the same thing over and over again, um, it did. which is the definition of being consistent. And, um, I think that that all just stems from a mental process. that's that's consistent. It does. And speaking of nationals really quick, the stage with the bobber behind the steel wall yes. the, and the plate, how many shots did you throw at that? I sh- I shot it three times. Three times, okay. And and I had so it exposed up. Um, I had I called a hit in the center of the target in the um, lower A zone. I shot another one, missed above the top of the target, and then shot another one as as the top of the target came back. And so I had um, I had two off on it. So that worked out. I was talking with uh, Brian the other day about it because I was just curious because that was an interesting stage to watch for most people. Was the uh, Shannon Smith is the craziest stage plant designer ever when he decides to let's make everything the bobber and mover year. <laughs> yes, where there was a lot of movers that t- that stage had there was a piece like a one a big twenty four twelve what is big steel challenge plates that they put so that one was behind the paper target and then there was an eight inch hole that you were shooting the target through mm-hmm. and so you you hear steel ding each time you shoot whether you hit the target or you hit around the eight inch circle it's just a different sound uh, right so that's something you have to i mean you you program that you're gonna you're <laughs> you're gonna shoot another shot if you don't if you don't see the dot lift from somewhere in the eight inch circle and see that the target is behind there somewhere. 
Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, you, if you call your shots, you're fine. If you know where right. the bolts went. Um, but yeah, that is a pretty sweet stage. And then I had a, that had a swinger on there as well. Mm-hmm. Does Jason at Targets USA make a bobber yet? I don't know. I J- we'll have to we'll ask have, him. We'll have to get him. You. We'll have to get you a, a bobber then, and we're we gonna have to cut out eight. Yeah, we got to get you a bobber <laughs> and a, a steel well a wall with an eight-inch hole cut through it, so you're perfect at it every time. <laughs> and yeah, I we got to talk. Go ahead. No, we got to talk to Jason about that. We um, do. Yes. I, I was surprising. I called him after I took the Tim Heron. I took a Tim Heron class in 2020. I called yes. him after that, and it was interesting because Tim was actually going up to Alaska that next week mm-hmm. for a class. And it was funny because I called, because if you call Targets USA, you're actually getting Jason on like his cell phone. Yeah. Which is really cool. That's why I have his phone number saved in my phone, because when you're a business owner and your number is, you know, the direct line for the shop is your cell phone, you are a man of great integrity and will answer anytime. And he called me back. I didn't even leave a message because I'm like, well, you know, they're busy and you never know how the phone is set up at the shop. If you're going to a voicemail or you're getting dumped somewhere. But he called me back and he was in Kentucky going yep. to the Kentucky match. He mm-hmm. called me back. We talked for an hour on the phone. A stranger, who never, you know, someone I'd never interacted with or met, talked to me on an hour about steel targets. It was phenomenal. Yep. Yeah, no, that's, I mean, that's the thing. Like you can talk, he's, he's open to ide- ideas for stuff um, and, and he'll talk to you about, about whatever and get you hooked up with whatever you need and if you don't need anything then that's fine it's all good I did, like i i was about to pull some trigger like the trigger on some rhino knockdowns just yes. because i'd asked him if i what was i gonna buy this was like a year ago so if i was gonna buy one thing what do you say it'd be a rhino knockdown i ended up not being able to afford the uh not afford it but be able to budget for it at that time and i just haven't i haven't shot a lot and i haven't gone to the range I'm trying to figure out a private range, not quite something like yourself, but not at my own house. I need to first build a backstop there for a little bit better safety. There you go. So something, something because right now it's like a single lane. I can go 25 yards back, but I really can't move like uh, side to side just due to the angle of um, trajectory at this property until I build this one thing to protect what the the wood stove yes that's important i mean and it's just the wood stove it's just the taking of a chance of hitting a steel and ricocheting into the wood stove i'm not wanting to fix my uh family's wood stove or the cost of that so, <laughs> so. and the family who's um let me shoot there uh, it's my mother's house so she's very she she likes the shooting sports and loves that i have a hobby that i'm passionate about but it's i don't want to ruin their property or whatnot yeah, absolutely. So oh, it's paper, and it's <clears throat> it's been pretty good. So far. you can get a lot. You can get a lot done with that for sure. Mm-hmm. So let's see. Um, oh, my! One of my favorite questions is, "What is something that current Jay would like to tell past Jay about shooting?" Uh, this is something I've actually thought about a little bit, um, <clears throat> separate from it, and I I don't know if anybody's gonna really like this answer, but. Um, I don't want to tell my past self anything different. Um, I, stuff has happened in a certain order to teach me a certain thing at a certain time. And, and if, 
if that didn't happen in a certain way, then then where I would be now um, wouldn't be where I am now. Um, Correct. And I, I I know you could you could say that like yeah, but if you knew something earlier on, um, that it would kind of propel you forward more from now. But but again, I wouldn't be the same person I am now, regardless. Anyway. No, um, and, I, I, and I get that. It's interesting. It's it's an interesting way of life, and it, well, it's not an interesting way to put it. I should say, is yeah. that I, you can't I change could, the past. So. Yeah, and I know that's like a really like it's an annoying way to answer that question. Um, I get it. Uh, but I think, um, if I would tell somebody else something, it would be the mental stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, like I spend, I spend just as much time now training the mental side than I do as I do the technical side. Um, and I think I know that that for me is, it's not always been that way, but again, the progression that I took, I'm, I'm, I'm going to keep that progression. Um, I don't want to change that progression for myself. Um, I think that a lot of people can look at it from the mental side and, uh, mental performance is, is just as important as technical performance. Um, and they're tied, they're tied together so tightly that, that there's hardly a difference. Um, so I'm not going to tell myself that in the past because the progression that I took to get like an understanding or like even a surface understanding like I have now, I'm not saying that I, that I know everything. I definitely don't. Um, but, but I'm committed to, to figuring stuff out and learning. Um, mm-hmm. man, that, that answer sucks for that person who asked that because like, that's not, I mean, no, it doesn't, I don't that's know. Me. That was a question. That was one of my, uh, my questions. All right. Well, geez. Man. Nah, that's good. I, and I like it. I'd rather people not cop out and give me some answer that they don't believe is true. You know, I, I appreciate that you said you wouldn't tell you wouldn't change a thing. Yeah. I mean, I could make something up and tell you, but I but that yeah, it wouldn't be true. It wouldn't be truthful. So, right. <laughs> I mean, there are things in life that I would I would approach differently. But um, but again, like, ah, I struggle with it because I, I don't want to change it. Mm hmm. Now, besides your wife and Steve Anderson, who are your biggest mentors slash supporters? Minus your sponsors. We'll get to them in a bit. Um, and that's really good. I, there's a lot of people. There's a lot of people who um, I've taken information from. And like we're, we're really lucky that we've, we have sources like, like YouTube um, like Instagram, like there's, there's, there's a lot of places where you can get information. Um, and it's lots of people have said things, um, that have been really powerful at different times. Um, I know that's like, I'll, I'll list some people. And if they're not on that list, then it doesn't mean that they're, they weren't, they didn't say something at, at some time, um, that I took to be really useful, but like, um, Scott Jedlinski, uh, Tim Heron, JJ Rikaza, um, uh, Robert Vogel has said some stuff that's been really powerful, um, on, on interviews with he's done with other people. Um, and I've talked to some, some of these people as well. Uh, uh, Ben Steger has said some stuff. Um, and these are, these are people that people recognize their names, but there's also mm-hmm. people that, um, that, 
don't have recognizable names that have said things that have been just as important. So like people that we shoot that I shoot with up here, um, buddy of ours named Saul. Uh, we've had some conversations that have been really, really good. Um, some breakthroughs we've had together, we've dry fired together and stuff like that. Um, it's it's literally anybody that I've that I've talked to or people that aren't even I've even talked to that that have said something. Um, it I, I think that I've learned so much and and been mentored by people uh, who don't even know that they have mentored me um, and that and that people aren't who aren't even shooters or aren't even you know on paper great shooters or done certain things but there's been there's been stuff that even you've you've said to me uh, that have that have been really really powerful. Um, there's uh, everybody. <laughs> there's nobody that I mean, like, it, like listening, listening when you listen to somebody, and this is not from this is not my quote, but like when you listen to somebody, you you know what they know, and you know what you know. Um, mm-hmm. uh, and so I think listening, just listening, so present tense listening, not thinking about what you're going to say next or in response, uh, is really good. It is. Um, all right. Now, as we're getting close to the end of the show, I would like to ask you, this is something I steal from Scott's podcast because I love how he puts it. What are things that people can stop doing to get better or start doing to get better but you can't complain about your neighbors because nobody cares about your neighbors. <laughs> right, right, right. <laughs> um, I don't remember what I said when Scott asked me that. Um, I'd have to, but, I'd have to re-listen to that to figure that out too because I have, no, I can't remember. I can't remember. I, I'd, I'd say that I think people like to start to do something. Um, stop stopping to do something has a. That's tied up in something not to do, which mm-hmm. is the same as selling. It puts a picture in, in somebody's mind that's that's of this thing that you're not wanting to do. Um, so I think something people can start to do um, would be would be to put put the same importance that you do on technical training that you onto the mental side, um, and 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 put some put a little bit of dedication into into reading books um, that are about performance uh, and, and starting with like, with like Lanny's book. If you haven't read that book and I don't mean pick it up and like read the cover um, <laughs> or even just buy the book. Um, like that's not the same. Uh, <laughs> I would say, I would say get that book and read it and highlight things and take notes. That's what I would say to do. Mm-hmm. Absolutely, I would say I would say that too because it's the tip of the iceberg for the mental game. It, yep. it truly is. Even if you spy, spend the seventeen dollars to buy that book, it's going to make a difference if you yes. put it into practice. But cracking the tip of the iceberg on it definitely will improve your shooting if you put effort and time into doing the steps and the processes and changing how you think it's not necessarily going to be a game changer but it makes you change how you think about things and how you say things to yourself and others i don't try to say fast or faster in a shooting context anymore because that is a not a 
correct way of mind, I think, for my shooting. It's more efficient. It's more uh, effective is what I'll be trying. I try to say. I don't try to say that was faster. Yeah. Because I think it, it could have been a terrible run. It might have been fast, but it could have been Alpha Mike or Alpha no uh, Delta Mike or anything. But it could have been fast. But it, that's not, yeah. not what we want. Yeah, I, I think, I mean, words mean things. And so <laughs> for better or worse, like, let's, let's use the words that, um, that build people's, that build people's self-image and, and don't take it, don't tear it down. So mm-hmm. let's use words that are, that are beneficial. I like Absolutely. it. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Um, oh, there was, um, one question from Brian. I almost forgot about this. So I had to check my phone again. Brian asked, <laughs> What is your favorite part slash aspect of shooting major matches? Ooh, that's a good one. I, I like the, I like the pressure that, that is, and pressure in a good way as well. Like, so again, words mean things. I like that. The, I like the pressure that's tied to that. Um, so like the pressure that you put on yourself that's tied to that. Um, I think that, that we can replicate that on our own at, at a local match, but also like at the same time, it's hard to do that. And so wherever there's, wherever there's pressure or there's more pressure, I, I, I prefer to have that. And so that's what I like most about it. Um, I, I kind of also like how, how much fun it is to, to talk to people and meet people. Um, and I think that that's all tied. That's all tied into it. But um, that's the first thing I thought of was the pressure. Or I don't know if pressure is the right word, right word either. There's other words for it. But I, I know Lanny uses the word pressure. I think. Yeah. In with anxiety, like tension and something else. It's anxiety and uh, I have to reread that part of the book. But Lanny uses I know the word what you're pressure. Mm-hmm. Yeah, pressure. Um, and it, and it comes from your comes from yourself in like uh you know sparked by the environment or, or or something like that like there that's what i like most about going to a match that mm-hmm. that maybe a range i haven't been to before or um you know at a squad that i've never shot with before like on a squad with really good shooters that i've never shot with before um that's that's what i like about it absolutely and it's a good way of putting it pressure yeah. Now, well, now we got to make sure that we get your bill, um, the people's bills paid. So, who are your sponsors, and uh, well, yeah, who sponsors you? That's yeah. So, um, so Steve has been Steve Anderson has been really um, like extremely helpful to me to 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 open up opportunities. So, so these people are stemmed from from Steve helping me out and these are all steve's partners as well steve has has um made friends that help him and um and in turn they they help me uh so that would be steve anderson anderson shooting.com um mm-hmm. now and associated with that we there is um cr speed and that's taz tazio resca um who's from south africa uh which I've never met him before, but we, we've chatted just really briefly, I think, uh, a couple times. And um, Outdoor Dynamics, so that's John. Mm-hmm. 
he's in North Carolina. Uh, John's been John's been super helpful, um, and and helps a lot of people out. Um, he's he's had to bump up prices right now, but um, he's even even now like you can talk to him, and and he's he's one of those guys like you send him an email, he's right on it, um, <laughs> and. Uh, so he's helping out a lot of people in a, in a time right now where it's kind of hard to get stuff to shoot. Mm-hmm. He does um, have 40 right now. At least you can does, always buy 40. He does have 40 and you can always ask him about nine. Um, and, uh, Hunter's HD gold, um, which, uh, we're working on getting glass. I'm, I'm, I'm the one who's being picky about it. Cause I want to have like lenses that are, that fit my frames that I currently have. And so, I, it's it's my bad on dropping the ball, like not following up and, and getting this done. But um, but I kind of agree with you though. Like Steve didn't want to change your, how you perceived things before the major, before nationals. Yeah. So I understand totally waiting after nationals to get your glasses. Yeah. So we're 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 in the process. We're making it happen. I I haven't. Um, but anyway, he he's helped Steve out a ton, and 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 Steve in turn helped me out a ton. So without me directly having them, um, I know Brian's a guy, uh, a great guy. Oh, Brian's um, phenomenal. He like I sent him an email when I wanted my glasses. Literally within five minutes, I had a response—not an auto-generated response, but an actual response. Yes, yes. Um, at, and at seven in the morning one day. Yeah. <laughs> um, and then Alex, um, Alex at AMG Dash Lab. Alex is again another guy who's like really into making products better. Like he wants to he wants to make the best the best timer that he can. Um, and he's he's like he makes them his himself right now, which is why there's a weight on him. But he makes them his himself um, and spends time to to make them so they work really well. He's got some videos of him like chucking them at a concrete wall like multiple times, <laughs> which he has to, he has those privately on his YouTube. But um, <laughs> maybe he doesn't even want me to say that. Anyway, he's 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 he makes a pretty sweet timer um, AMG. And, Eventually, um, I'll have my AMG. Eventually. Yes, eventually you'll get it. Oh man, Chris Tilly was selling them. You, I saw that that post. Um, I did too, and I was like, I'm not gonna mess with. I've already got it paid for. I'm like, I got it. <laughs> I'm like, um, a little bit. You'll get here eventually. Yeah, um, and then uh, and then Target USA, um, who's uh, got got a got a lot of his stuff and his swinger. Um, he's got a new swinger coming out, um, which maybe he's posted it already, but it's like. The base of it is is I haven't seen a base like that where well I I have it um and it you don't even have to put sandbags on it you don't have to stake it down or anything like obviously if you were a major match you would but you can just have it set up it's it's like it's really wide super stable um, hmm. and he's got a ton of other stuff and he's he's the same way like he's he's always thinking about this always thinking about ways to improve things um, well and he and he lives in. Alaska. So he has, he packs everything so smart. It fits in a shipping box for USPS. I mean, I don't trust them to ship my crap for a life, but at least he's smart and he makes it affordable to ship. Yeah. Even though it's in Alaska. <laughs> I know he he it's like he's a master at Tetris um on fitting everything into a box, which is the most efficient way for him to ship it, but um uh yeah, uh, so Jason over there, um, huge help to me, and then again, huge help to Steve in making kind of opportunities happen for Steve as well. So, mm-hmm. um, I think that's it. Did we cover him? You might know better than I do. I well, I know Steve's sponsored. Well, you're not you're not sponsored oh, Bull. by Bull. <laughs> um, not not by Bull, but but Steve, um, but Steve also, yeah, Bull Armory. Um, mm-hmm. uh, and so, I think I think that might be it. It is. I think. Um... That is all the sponsors. Um, 
I don't have any other questions. But and they can find you at jclay94 on Instagram. That's and right. if they search Jay Beal on YouTube, you, they can watch your match videos and some. You've done a couple Targets USA videos as well, showing yeah, like the poppers. We're gonna be making more. Yeah, we'll get some more of those out. And uh, yeah, a lot of stuff. A lot of stuff. And, you can find me. Send me a message. I'm ha- I'm happy to talk to people. Love talking to people. Um, yep. It's it's good stuff. Now, do you, does your wife question you ever? Like, what? Who are you talking to now? Well, <laughs> so <laughs> a, a little bit, but like it's it's kind of funny because um, because I do I do talk to a lot of people, but um, you know we try to have that interrupt certain times, and so I actually they're upstairs right now. Um, oh yeah, th- they know who I'm talking to right now, but uh, oh, that's good. Well, you tell <laughs> you tell her and the, the the boy that I said hi, and hopefully pasta is doing okay. <laughs> so that's really funny. Yes, yes, I will, I will. That is great. All right. Jay, well, that's the end of the show, guys. So I greatly appreciating checking out my buddy Jay Beal here. Um, new shows are coming whenever they come up. I'm trying to stick to a two-week period on when they pop. But until next time, guys, remember, get out and do the things and learn from somebody. You can learn from anybody. If it's yep. Jay, myself, anyone, you can reach out to me. I'm available. I'm an open book just like Jay is. But just get out and do the things. And remember, keep shooting and have a good one. We'll catch you later.